Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Spark Faith Podcast. I am Dr. Chris Sargent, and today I am super excited because I am going to do my very first interview. Now, I'm usually the person being interviewed, so when I say I'm going to do my first interview, I'm going to be the one interviewing, and it's a little nerve-wracking, I'm going to tell you. So the Spark Faith Podcast is where we mix up faith along with our messy life, and we don't have it all figured out, and we're on this messy journey together, and I am going to introduce you to my personal coach, who has been so instrumental in putting my faith back in line over the past 18 months and putting my life back on track and helping me have an amazing vision for, for where I'm going and instrumental in putting this podcast together and, and seeing my vision for messy faith and health and life and all of those pieces. Uh, her name is Julie Landy and she is formerly from California, just moved to Georgia. So she's also in a big life transition. And isn't that what this whole year has been about? Hey, Julie, nice. Thank you for coming on our podcast and thank you for being my first guest. I can't imagine it being anyone else, honestly, because you've been arm in arm with me, even across the country. Thank you. It's, it's absolutely a pleasure. You're an amazing woman. I have been in awe of the work that you've done and how you've handled the challenges. Truthfully, I have, because it isn't easy. It hasn't been the last 18 months with everything outstanding, but you've been done an amazing job. And then to continue to press forward and launch this podcast, because I think we really need to hear that, you know, life rolls on and it's not always all that pretty. And how does faith integrate with all of that? So thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about you and tell us about your journey and tell us about Julie Landy. All right. Well, I always start with what I believe. And I think that connects us in, you know, I really believe that every individual has a unique set of gifts and if they'll take the time to discover what they are, develop them and distribute them, we're going to make the world a better place and we'll be fulfilled. So I think we're watching that belief statement come to life today with Chris because she has an amazing (laughs) set of gifts. And he has discovered them. I mean, that's the work that we've done and she's developed them. She's in development with them right now and she's distributing them through this podcast, which is awesome. And she's making the world a better place. So I just want to say thank you because she really does. We have so connected on what I believe and uh, as for who I am otherwise outside of what I believe, but I've been married for 33 years just this past Saturday to my high school sweetheart, I will say. We'll share about the bumps of that later. I have two daughters, one's 23 and 20 years old. One's in Nashville, actually. The other has a great job, graduated from Ole Miss. The other one's a junior at Pepperdine University, all online, of course. But uh, And my husband and I run a coaching practice together. We have the performance group and it's he has the men's side, I have the women's side, and then we have a joint marriage, uh, we call it the power couple side. So we, have, we do that together. We've been running that for about, five years. Oh, well, he's longer than that, about seven years now. Me, I've been five years part of it. And then, you know, since we met in high school, we have quite a history together and I can, I can share more about that in just a second, but that's where we're at currently. Cool. Cool. I'd love to, um, how did you end up, um, really coaching women? Like how did, how did that happen? Oh, that's a great, great question. Cause, uh, you know, I don't, I know, Someone asked me that, well, my husband was actually saying that to me yesterday. He said, you would have been a great therapist. And I remember thinking, I said to him, oh, I don't think so. 
I really, really don't think so. I just love the future. So I love building things going forward. And so I love what I do right now. I didn't realize it because my background was, I was an art major in college with a business major too. I was kind of a combination, I was split, which is a funny combination in and of itself. But I think the thing about art that I loved was not the fine art, the drawing, the painting, the sculpting, any of that kind of thing. But what I've told my clients and what I tell people is that I loved being a stylist. And what I mean by that is taking disparate pieces of different mediums, putting them together and creating one masterpiece. That's what I like to do now with women's lives. That's my favorite thing to do is take these disparate pieces, Chris's love of speaking, her, her, her wisdom and knowledge about health and her faith. We pull it all together and there we have the podcast, right? We have an incredible podcast and you know, video no less as well. So I love to do that. So that's a little bit about me. I also have a, a, like a business mind just because it's generational deep in me. So I love to build businesses with women. And they, that was, I was in human resources first and uh, marketing and sales. That was all people business, right? I'm all connected to people. But then I was in the ministry for about 17 years, helping women to build their faith, rebuild their faith, marriages, families, that whole thing. And when I got out of that, uh, after sudden deaths of my parents, it was just a really tragic, tragic time. Unfortunately, I have some very serious addictions in my family of origin. And uh, it was created a big mess at the time of my parents' passing. And so it was, I went into a deep depression at that time, to be very honest with you. I was in, depressed. I was on medication. I was uh, just really hopeless about my own future. Really didn't know what there was for me after I could no longer serve in the ministry and felt like my husband was doing his thing after we got out. My kids were kind of a little bit older and I felt super depressed about my own future. And so that's when I started to ask myself some questions about, well, what are you, this is going to sound terrible, but what are you good for? anyway? I mean, it sounds so pathetic, doesn't it? Just saying that, what are you good for? But I meant it in a, I didn't mean it in necessarily a pathetic way. I really meant it like, well, what are you good for? Like, what is your purpose? What are you useful for? Because I don't know about you, but as a woman, I just feel need to feel needed. I need to feel useful in my world. So I felt yeah. like, I didn't feel useful anymore. That was a really depressing time. And so I had to find out, what are you good for? What are you good at? And these are questions I asked myself. What do I, what's important to me anyway? So what are my values, right? What's, what are you, in, what do you like to do anyway? Cause I was about 49 years old when I was asking myself these questions. And then finally, like, what do you believe? And I don't necessarily mean about Jesus cause my faith was solid but I'm just talking about what do you believe about the way the world works and the way you're supposed to fit into it. So I would say those conversations that I was having with myself at the time in my depression led me one step, two step, three step, four step, five steps really out of that. It was a clear pathway. I felt like God was delivering me through to be able to figure my way out. And I ended up uh, as a result, not realizing that those steps were part of the system or, tr or process or sort of a, a recipe, if you will, how to transition for women. So I had about 12 different women email me over the course of six months asking me how I would finally made it out of this depression and this former career to this coaching practice. And I thought to myself, gosh, I don't really know. Let me think about it and I'll get back to you. So <laughs> that's what I did. I said, I sat down and I really thought through the steps. That's why I can articulate them now. And we get the answers to all of these things. And then 
that's what I help other women do now. So that's how I got into the long story, very long. I, that's how I got into the coaching world is through my own personal journey of being depressed and on medication and just a mess, quite frankly, and having no hope for or future for myself. There's a great uh, scripture that talks about and without vision, people perish. Mm-hmm. And I felt the weight of that. I had no vision for my own life and I felt like I was dying. I felt like I was perishing. Wow. So basically what I hear you saying and what I think that a lot of women don't understand is that we can use all of the parts of our life that are super messy, that we actually end up on the other side to help others get through their messy. Absolutely. That's exactly. I mean, even I know you asked me before off camera about my marriage and just some of that parts and even my faith. And quite honestly, that's even how I came to faith when, um, Joel and I were married maybe six and six years, six and a half years. I would say we were really in a bad, bad spot. We were about to get a divorce. We were with other people. Mm -hmm. It was just a bad place. We were just waiting for him to move. He was in the Navy waiting for him to move on base. And I was going to keep the house. And so at that time we were at such odds that, you know, we had gone to a million different churches, counselors, therapy, yoga, uh, Eastern philosophies, self-help stuff, you name it all sorts of forums and workshops and things like that, but I could not connect, you know, and I really didn't, my faith was disconnected. I was raised in church, but I was really disconnected. I did not have that real relationship with God that really made any difference. And so I, at this time, ironically, after all of my efforts to make our marriage better, Joel was the one that someone that worked with, worked for him in the Navy actually invited us to a play that took us to a, we ended up going to this church and ended up starting this Bible study. And the only reason I did it was to be able to clear the closet, so to speak, speak clear the deck so that we could get divorced more amicably and more inexpensively. Because if we could do it outside the attorney's office, I knew it would be cheaper than if we had to hash it out within the attorney's office. So as God would have it, instead of you know meeting the divorce attorney, I met Jesus. And it was incredible to know that, you know what, I don't, I just don't, I've never understood how I could feel, how this was possible, how you could feel pain and love simultaneously for that same person. And that was how I really came to understand Jesus. Like, wow, Jesus understood pain of betrayal and love for the betrayer simultaneously. How is that possible? But he showed me the way and that changed my world changed Joel's world he did had the similar response and then we ended up I remember him saying well you want to start again and I'm thinking no 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 absolutely not I'm too afraid I've gotten this far I've gotten my courage up to say no I'm out and he said well how about one date can we go on a date and honestly before I could say no I said yes and I melted right there and that rekindled us when we, we we became Christians we we, we really understood what it meant to have a personal relationship with God. And we began to walk with him and we literally knew, we, we knew, we know nothing about marriage. We just, this was 16 now, because we had nine years before and six years married dating. We dated for nine years. So we just both said, you know what? We know nothing about marriage. Let's just both chalk it up. We've done mu- nothing but make a big mess of our lives. So let's learn from the pros. And we learned for about three years, we studied with some people to really teach us how to be married as Christians, how to have a godly marriage and stop pretending like we knew everything. And um, it transformed our world. And 
we were so excited about it that it ultimately led to us helping a lot of other married couples to the point where actually tomorrow I'm leaving to go to Steamboat Springs to help two other couples. That's what my husband and I do in our joint work now. So to get back to your point of you can use the messy for good, absolutely, because we are been helping the worst married couples, worst of situations with marriages for two decades now. That was 25 years ago that we renewed our marriage, 26 years ago now that we renewed our marriage in that respect. And it's been an incredible, incredible joy ever since. And also the ob obvious ability to help others has been incredible as well. So you're right, we take all the parts, the mess, the good, the bad, and the really, really ugly, and we make them useful going forward. Oh, that's so inspiring. <laughs> I love that. And I love, again, like you brought your personal messy to the table. You brought your marriage messy to the table. And what's come out of it is this amazing garden of just serving others, which is why I wanted to start this podcast to serve other women that, hey, we all have messy. We may all look all whatever we look like on the outside. However, there's so much messy behind us. It's not even funny. And there may be messy right now, right? Like I have messy right now. Everybody's already, everybody knows that already. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing. So tell me a little bit about where you are right now. Where's your faith walk? Where's, what's your, your next iteration? Cause I know you just moved and I know you're still coaching women and I know obviously you're doing marriage stuff too. So how's your faith walk? Where's your faith walk at right now? Yeah, you know, it's a, that's a great question because it's so funny. Every stage of life requires more faith, in my opinion, right? Yes. When I thought I was going to die, when I first, first brought that first baby home from the hospital, you know, and I'm never getting any sleep. And then, good Lord, you know, it's toddler and elementary, which I call the golden years. And then teenage years, God help us. And now college years, which are wonderful, or a post-college, probably pre-marriage is where my oldest daughter is now. But I just feel like it requires more faith every time I step forward, you know, and, and I think that getting complacent in faith is really a challenge as we get a little bit older. And so where I see myself is that if I don't continually push myself to do the new and grow, like push myself to do what you're doing right now, to do things I've never done, then I won't feel the palpable need for God. And it's by, you know, thank Thankfully, I mean, it's terrible, the COVID and all the challenges that we've been going through this year, but I don't live in the, 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 the world, parts of the world that are dealing with cholera and typhoid or bombings every day. And they're real, right? That's the real reality of what people do. So oftentimes, and a lot of poverty, and oftentimes those, we find that faith is prevalent in those areas because I think they feel their need for God. Whereas here in the first world, in the first country, you know, with, with so many blessings, we can get out of touch with our need and, our and we not feel our need for God in a palpable way. But I know by pushing myself to do more and be more and grow and try new things and advance in this case, my business, grow my marriage. Like we've been married like 33 years, but our, and we have lots of marriage goals still. And we look at even our marriage, for example, as we, we, we always liken it to adventure, mission, and romance. That's kind of the filter that I see my marriage through. And then Joel and I have kind of, grabbed hold of those three words it's an, always an adventure and an adventure requires faith right admission is part of your faith and romance is oh, definitely i love that <laughs> so these are the things that we've 
we've grown it. So even like going and doing these private marriage retreats now, which is what we do for people currently, when they're, you know, they, they hire us to come and help them have their own special weekend. It, it requires a lot of faith, you know, a lot of faith because we don't know the people that well. It's not like when we're in church together, but we, we learn as much as we can. We pray a ton. We apply the scriptures. We bring God into the picture. And then we, we, we do, we ask that, you know, I have my own personal, I am statement, which Chris, you know about, we've talked about my strengths are compiled into one sentence. That's what I help some of my women, all of the women do. Mm -hmm. All of my clients learn what are their God-given strengths and how do you compile them into one sentence so that you can use them as a strength-based living platform. So mine is an, that I am a strategic problem-solving visionary who perseveres optimistically to win others over. And I, when I feel really challenged, which is with all these new things that are going on, we moved across the country uh, just a month ago. Actually, we're about a, a week and a half, a week and a half in our house now. That's why there's nothing on the walls. But um, and we're still operating our business. It's actually grown tremendously. When Joel and I drove across the country, we had nine new clients come on board. Three of them are these client, these couples. And when I and we're traveling back and forth across the country to service them in the COVID. So when I feel like it's a little over my head, which I have felt recently, I add my I am statement. I go back to what God, who God has created me to be. And then I tag that with second Peter one talks who talks about the divine, his divine power has given me everything I need for life and godliness. So I know who I am. I'm a strategic problem solving visionary who perseveres optimistically to win others over. And his divine power has given me everything I need for life and godliness. So that's how I manage now. And that's where faith intersects with my day-to-day -day life. I mean, the challenges keep my faith fresh. I think that's so good. Cause I think, do you think that sometimes we just get, well, everybody knows already that I spent eight years really mad at God when I came through my divorce. And I think that, you know, sometimes that's what happens though. We just get mad and walk away. Right. And maybe like in my own life, okay, here's, here's messy, right? In my own life, when I get upset with my daughter or my mom or somebody, you know, my first instinct is to turn around, walk away and slam the door. Yeah. That's precious, isn't it? But we all have our, like, we all have yeah. our thing, right? Whether it's turn around and slam the door or flip somebody off or just get mad and scream. Like we all have patterns that we've that have worked for us for our life, right? And I think that that was that was the pattern that I had was just turn around, slam the door, walk away, I'm out, screaming. And that's what I did to God too. <laughs> slam the door. You didn't protect me. You didn't, you weren't there for me, right? And it took me a long time to let him catch up with me. <laughs> So I think that recreating those patterns in new ways, right? Like that's about the growth, right? So that's what, what I'm learning now is how to recreate instead of walking away and slamming the door, like take a breath and go, okay, <laughs> help me out here. This isn't going to be pretty <laughs> in the moment and, and being able to grow through it and look to him instead of just diving back into our habits of pa and patterns of behavior. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I think I was funny. I was on the call with a client this morning and we were talking about Philippians four and how, you know, it says to rejoice in the Lord, always rejoice. I'll say it again, rejoice. You know, he says that, 
and let your gentleness be evident to all. And by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And we we're talking about that being an antidote for anxiety because I run on the anxious side. I already confessed that. I said panic attacks and depression. So I had to find new ways to manage my anxiety. Obviously, I can't just shut out the whole world. I did try that for a while, like you're talking about, like, you know, take a break, everybody, you know, but couldn't really, doesn't last long. You know, you can't really go that far with that strategy. So understanding, okay, so let your understanding how big God is, right? First, how glorious he is on a regular basis. And that's why he repeats it. And then understanding even some of the words of the scripture, like gentleness is power under control. Like, yeah, I have power that he's given me, but it's, I have to use it in control, right? And then the idea of gratitude being the biggest antidote for anxiety, which was like revelatory for me, you know, a few years ago, but that really was, you know, the thing that was so helpful. And so now it's like, oh my gosh, I'm moving across the country, which would be normally, you know, anxiety provoking. Moving's on the top five list, I think, of anxiety provoking or stressors. So instead of it just being, oh my gosh, I'm moving across the country, I'm wigging out, I'm overwhelmed. How about, I'm so, wow, I'm so thankful I get to move across the country. Like I have choices. I can, you know, either afford it or I can make that exercise, that option or whatever. And it doesn't mean that I don't bury my, you know, that I'm burying my anxiety. And God, will you please make sure that we have everything we need? Will you go before us and keep me safe? Bring my children safely here. You know, will you provide for us along the way, places to stay, places to be, whatever it is that I'm, whatever I'm anxious about, help us find a great new home, you know, but thank you so much that I can move. So flipping, like even the issue, like taking the scripture, what you're saying, you know, and finding a new strategy with the scripture is so powerful because, you know, God has so many practicals in his word. And I just think it's amazing when we can actually look at a passage and then, create a strategy from that passage that is a much better alternative than my usual go bury my head in the sand get some get some medication and i'm not saying there's not time and place for medication right i don't mean that but i i mean my way of using it was to avoid and you know you might have slammed the door i was hiding under the covers you know like we all have our coping we all have our thing right yeah Yeah. i have a dog who does that right she just buries herself (laughs) right but I've been able to find new strategies through my faith and my personal journey of personal development that are much healthier and allow for me to handle what you're handling, you know, hand, handle what I need to handle now in a peaceful way. So anyway, I appreciate you bringing that up because there are a lot better alternatives sometimes than the way we go about it. We just need to let people in and sometimes let us let them show you. I think you're a great coach too. I think that you got some really incredible wisdom over the years. And you're not just a doctor, you're really truly a, a sage, I would call you, and a guide and, and full of wisdom. So I, I hope your listeners Thank will you. pick you up on that opportunity to be able to work with you because really you offer a lot more than just medical advice. Thank you. Thanks. Well, and it's, it's taken me a long time to get out of my own way to do that because I thought that I had to show up in a certain way for people to to like me or to want to work with me that I had to have everything figured out, right? And what I realized and what you've helped me understand is that actually I was pushing people away because, um, and Julie, you really, you actually really did help me, you and a couple people from, from you know, Sci Seminar stuff was like, 
you have such a high standard for yourself that no one wants to be with you because they think they have to live up to that standard too. And so when we think so highly or so much of ourselves that, that we have to put this giant mask on of everything's fine and let me help you. I can fix everything for you. Like we almost take the place of God in a way in, in our own life and in others' lives just to make ourselves feel full. And, you know, I have been taken down so many notches over the past year around that and really, you know, just open my soul to allow God to have those messy spots in us. Yeah. Awesome. Right. And, and, and now it's given me the, a new voice and a new way to say, Hey, ladies, (laughs) I so don't have it figured out, but I might be a couple steps ahead of you. Maybe. Or at least I have a different perspective, right? And sometimes it's not about being ahead or behind. It's just different. Yeah. Honestly, that can be the, the thing that frees you is getting a different perspective. Not even necessarily one you take per se, per se, but possibly one that offers you the idea that, oh, you mean there's more than one way out of this, more than one solution. And even if that isn't the exact one, like we're saying, it just opens up the realm of possibilities that you didn't, that we can, we can paint ourselves into a corner with our problems and our, and our angst, angst, our emotions too. We absolutely do. I have one of my very first coaches, um, his name is Graham Franks and he's, he's a wonderful, um, wonderful coach, but he, that was one of the biggest takeaways I took away from him was Chris, there are always more options than you think. Yeah. Now, I want you to just list out all the options that you're thinking that you can think of. And, you know, they might not be realistic, right? Like they might be, well, an option is to kill somebody, right? But okay, I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> I would never do that, but it's an option. <laughs> so I think when we can just get out of our way and be creative about opening up to the options, even if we, we don't like them or, or they're really not realistic, it gets, it gets those juices flowing to see other ways that we might be able to do things in a different way. Just like this podcast is, is, has been, I started a speaking business in January, as you know, and then here you are March 17th, everything shut down. Right. So speaking was not going to be part of my life, at least in the moment. So tell me about COVID. How is it like, you know, that it's actually been a really crazy, weird blessing for me in so many more ways than it's been terrible. And I don't want to take away the terrible because I know a lot of people are super suffering and I have, I have that side of it too. How, what's, tell me about, tell me about your experience during it. You know, that's a, that's a really great, great question because I think it's mixed in many ways. I will say as far as my personal business goes, because of the way I built it to begin with, which I had no understanding that COVID would be, but I built it when my kids were still at home and I wanted to have something that was, but my, my life was still in such a flux state. I wasn't sure where I was going to be. I wanted to have something that was very much free, uh, flexible because of my children. It was mobile because I was not sure where we're going to end up living. I wanted it to be scalable because I have big dreams, right? And I also wanted it to be meaningful. But all that said, that lent itself to an online world. 
right? Because of the mobility piece, right? And the mm-hmm. flexibility piece. So I right. started my business five years ago online. So by now, to be honest with you, COVID from that standpoint has been a blessing to me because it's only, my practice is now has a waiting list to get into it. You know, I, I mean, I might end up expanding a bit more just to accommodate some of the people, but I think I didn't see that coming, but the, that online was going to be so important. I mean, I get it that this allows us to reach a much bigger audience globally. We can help more people in my case, more women with this, but I didn't of course have any idea that the world would shut down, you know, like, and thankfully, you know, thank God, because my husband, husband's business was all face to face. So I'm really grateful. God has continued to take care of us again through my business and some work that he's had to transition on to, but you know, it's, it's not a instant, like you don't turn the switch from one to the other. And no, I don't think anybody on March 17th foresaw, oh, we're going to be shut down for what are we going on here? Eight months or whatever it is now. Right. So I think it's been that it's also caused us to really evaluate how far we are from family, you know, for us. So that's part of the big move from California to um, the East coast, because Joel's the only living relatives we have is his parents and they're in New York and our daughter is in Nashville. So, and the Southeast is just a much more drivable or the South or the East coast is more drivable for those particular positions than from California though. So that created what we call part, we're, we're a part of the official great migration, I guess, because there's a lot of movement going on now. And certainly, you know, with my daughter being online, the other daughter being online at school, she's doing that too. So it's been like, uh, a little challenging from for certainly for my husband and our marriage took some challenges there I would say he's never been not he's never not used to having like his being the total like go-getter provider leader in every case and it's just been like a complete turnaround for him although he's on a good course now to be doing something because he's got a great book he's he's working out um, the curriculum for and he does a lot of other things but that was a jar to our marriage that I wasn't expecting. And I know that other people feel that, that their marriages have taken some hits because of the COVID being, you know, confined or losing their income or their children being home or just stuff that was undealt with. So that now they're here and it's coming to the surface. It's no longer buried by travel and distractions, you know, and all these other things that we used to be able to do. So it's caused us to grow in our marriage. It was some painful couple of months there, which that's how all growth happens, I think. <laughs> but it was really learning how to work together, be more respectful, understanding the dynamics of this space and really leaning into our faith. So that was the challenging time. The positive stuff is like, God's just been a blessing. It's been a blessing for my work to have just continued to thrive and more and more women to want to know how to re- reinvent themselves. Cause that's really what I help women do. I think that the pivot um, I think women are good at pivoting. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit. Yeah. Um, taking care of toddlers is nothing but a pivot, right? right. <laughs> and I know you, you might've loved your toddlers, but I am teens over toddlers all day long. So <laughs> my teens are, are pivots though. You know, they, I mean, my daughter is definitely, my emotional intelligence challenge. And um, so, but I I do believe what you're saying is true about women being able to pivot and needing to pivot. And 
this is just a perfect jump off for tell me about your health, like health and faith and how all that wraps around. Because what I'm seeing in my private practice is that women are like, Oh, I better take care of my health because right now I'm the sole breadwinner or, Oh my gosh, my husband is working and I'm not. And Oh my gosh, what happened to me? Or, (laughs) you know, they're, they're having some different realizations about their health and how important it is, or even just the understanding that obesity and high blood pressure and heart disease and diabetes are, are not a good place to be if you get COVID. So just shifting some of our lifestyle stuff to, to move away from those, those potential risks. How about you? Yeah, no, I have a little help. Definitely caused me to pause because I'm thinking about you know, through all the last month and or so of moving and all of that, I really do feel like I my health has slipped. Not not thankfully like uh, very much with my supplementation and that kind of thing. But of course, you're, when you're always like tomorrow I'm on a plane again, and so um we're with these other couples in in, in Colorado, and you know I can't plan my own meals. Right, I'm going to be at their mercy. So and and traveling across the country for the, we drove across the country. So that's what I mean by traveling across the country and took our time because while our belongings were being shipped. But um, I think my health has definitely taken a hit to say, I say all that, to say that um, because I feel like, you know, my weight is not where I want it to be. I'm not as feeling as fit as I'd like to be. And I do hear what you're saying. And I feel like I've never considered it like the way I have, as I have this year, like, wow, this is a really much bigger deal to have. It's not about my vanity anymore. It's really about, although let's face it, who doesn't want to look good, right? Regardless of what age you do. Let's just be honest. There's the vain piece of all of us. There certainly isn't me. And, but I want to look my best for my age, right? That I can, you know? And so beauty is making the most of what you've been given. That's what I always think of is beauty. But, Mm -hmm. you know, so I have to be more responsible with what I've been given. That's what I'm feeling, honestly. And I feel like, you know what? I have, one of the things I do when something doesn't, is not working in my life, it's starting to bug me. And I was actually thinking about this this morning. When something's bugging me in my life, I, I, I think about, I visualize what it would look like if it were working optimally in my mind's eye. And so what would it look like if I were, it, everything was, it was working optimally, whatever that thing is. Now I'm talking about my health, right? So what would I look like and then how do I reverse engineer my, the steps to get to where I want to go? So that requires faith because every time you're taking another step forward, and I do believe that the Bible does call us to take care of the temple. You know, I don't, I don't believe that it's like, oh, whatever, wing it till heaven, who cares? Now, I'm not saying we get so caught up in what we look like that we lose sight of the more, the more important matters that Jesus calls us to. But at the same time, I do feel like we have good stewardship. We have, we're called to be responsible with the gifts that we've been given and our health and our bodies are certainly those. So I feel like I really do need, I need to have a serious like prayer session, confession and visualization session about the optimal, about my own health. And so I don't feel like I'm coming to you as a strong point right now in that area at all. And uh, I just look forward to like when I return, I know everybody says that, right? I'm returning on Sunday, but I feel like my plate is so full until Sunday, but I am so excited to land here and get settled and prioritize my health because I just don't think this is a time I can afford to not to, not to. And, and I appreciate you being in my life, especially for that reason. Like, no, it's not okay to have 
the extra weight. It's not okay to let your, your immune system slip. It's not okay to not be intentional with those things these days. I mean, at my age, at 57, I don't want to anyway, but definitely not in the face of this next flu season coming up. So I feel like I've got to get, you know, I, I have at least awareness now around it. And Monday will be the like visualization session, the confession, the prayer, the journal, journaling, even getting some more good scripture on my heart about it. And then strategizing or reverse engineering the plan to get me where I need to go. So thank you for asking that question because that's that I feel embarrassed by that, to be honest. Oh, you, okay. So we're going to, we're going to go right there <laughs> because this is the place y'all that Julie might not have it all figured out. What? What? Oh my goodness. Right. Like y'all know where I'm at. So, you know, Julie, I think that this is so, so, so important. So I really want to thank you. And just like, I'm reaching over the miles and giving you a hug for just saying that because we don't have it all like I just want to cry right like we don't have it all figured out all the time no, we, don't. we just don't you know I y'all know I run you see me posting about my runs but not this week it hasn't been there this week I just for the last three days we had some stuff happen in our family and who I am off plan right and it's it's just acknowledging that and how fast, you know, you've had, you've had a huge move. Like who expects you to go running five miles a day or go walking and making sure your food is perfect when you're traveling for nine days in your car with your, you know, amazing husband and you're, you're having fun every place where you stop. Um, hello, <laughs> we're also allowed to have fun in this life. So, you know, I think it's the self-awareness, right. That allows us to, to say, okay, this has to stop, right? Like I always, I, I ask like, how fast can you bounce? Yeah. If you bounce, right? Like if you, if you, if you keep going down and down and down and down and down, and then you just kind of stay there because you're like, ah, screw it. Like that's not bouncing, right? Like, okay, so you, you packed up your house, you know, four or five weeks ago, you moved across country for 10 days and had a blast from everything I could tell, yeah. right? And so you had some fun, right? But here you are four or five weeks later going, okay, <laughs> it's time to bounce, yes. right? Back to, and so you don't get that far away from your optimal health and your intentional plan to stay healthy. Yeah, that's helpful. I mean, just to rem a reminder of, and that's sometimes all, I guess that's sometimes what we need, right? We need that coach, that cheerleader, that reminder, that sage or guide to just walk into our space after we've opened ourselves up to remind her, wait a minute, I'm not that far away. Like I can do this. I can, you know, and sometimes it just feels good to know that, to hear somebody else say it. So thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah. That. And, and honestly, and for any of you who are listening, I don't want to discourage you either. Right. Julie, like if it's been six years or if you're still carrying your baby weight and your baby's 21, like that's okay. <laughs> right? Let's bounce together now. <laughs> right. And let's bounce in a different way. Um, what do you feel like, and I'll give you an example if you need one, but like, what do you feel like is like the bigger for you? It's taking care of the temple, right? For me, it's, I can't hear from the Holy spirit if I'm in a sugar coma, 
right? So I know that I that that is just sugar is just a bad place for me to go. Besides that and vanity, like, is there something deeper about staying fit that that helps you mentally move forward or helps you um, in your marriage or helps you just live your life? What is that thing that keeps you motivated when that favorite food is sitting there and you know that you're kind of not this week kind of on that food? No, I appreciate that. That's a really good question. I've been doing some journaling about it because I'm preparing myself to get to bounce, right? Yes. But I think that I've really thought about the days when I've really been happiest. And honestly, it's when I've been set free, you know, in my life, I think about the happiest days and I've been very, I feel very set free when I am at, when I feel good about where I'm at physically, because I'm not even paying attention to my body. Then I'm set free from that, the distraction of the body. So I'm much Mm. more present with those in myself, in my life. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. Okay. So I just had this, this thought, right? Like this is like debt, right? Because when we're in debt, as I'm working through my own stuff, right? There it is. Um, as I'm working through my own stuff, like when we are in debt, we're so beholden to that. And, and our mind is always like, we have to make so many decisions based on this thing. Right. And when we're all stuck in our head about, Oh, I don't feel good about my body. It really impacts my self-esteem, my self-confidence. Oh, I'm not sure I can coach really well because I'm kind of off my plan. And right, like that's that's exactly it. It is freedom. Yes. Yeah. So that's when I know that, that and that's the motivation for me. Like if I can hold in my mind's eye and even in my spirit this feeling of freedom, being free from my body, then that says. Uh, the cake's not worth it. You know what I mean? That junk, you know, I'm going to get out there and run because it feels, it feels the freedom or I'm going to, you know, get the right rest. I'm going to do all the self-care pieces that are necessary to create that freedom from the constraints of my physical body so that I'm much more present with those in my life and the, the spirit of God, people of in my life and all the blessings. I'm not self-motivated. I'm not like self-consumed you know, not stuck. Right. You don't have those of the 50,000 thoughts that we have every day, 40,000 of them are negative. And if they're all negative about your body, your brain is not in a good place and your mind and your spirit are not in a good place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is, that's gold right there, ladies. Okay. If you like looking for your why in weight loss, if like the gluten or the pizza or the thing, whatever that thing, we all have our thing, right? You all know mine is popcorn. And so like, when I look at that or have that, that craving, like nothing is going to feel as good as that freedom from, Oh, my jeans don't fit right. (laughs) Like there's there and being able to serve completely free and be present for my family and not have the, the din of, of the junkies in my head going, Oh, but you really love that. And you deserve it. And you really want it. And nothing feels as good as the freedom from not doing it. Exactly. That's exactly right. Oh, I just love this. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being so honest and raw about the piece of your life that you don't really have all put together. You just kind of floated right into my last question, which was going to be like, Hey, which part don't you have? (laughs) And that was, you know, that was just beautiful. It was perfect. So 
Oh my gosh, you have, what else? Like, give us some parting words of wisdom. On what subject would you like? <laughs> how about vision? Because we okay. haven't really talked about how amazing you are at helping women, like, like get through their jungle of their life and, and see a new space that they can go towards. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, that is my passion because you know, it comes from the pain that you've endured, you've endured, right? Some of your passion can also be found through your pain. Um, but I do love helping women find a new vision for their life. You know, hence the live your vision, the name of my company. Right. So um, the thing I, I would say about that is that, believe it or not, your vision is, is, is already within you. And most people are like, where is it? I got to go find it out there somewhere. It's something external, but that's not really true. God has placed it within you. It's usually, as you said, it's not this, it's this, like sorting and sifting from within. So with the, with the women that I work with, as you know, we go through a series of assessments to number one, figure out who, what are your God-given strengths? You know, who has God created you to be and then how to help you to be all that you are and not worry about what you're not. You don't need to be everything. You just need to be who God created you to be. So we're going to figure out nor who, who are you created to be in God's image? Two, then really what is important to you? What are your values? Those guardrails that are going to hold you, hold you in place as you build something out. You know, so that's whatever it is. First, we start with you. Then we set up the guardrails with your values. And then we understand what your passions are. Because believe it or not, there's so many women I, that come to me. They don't even, they're like... I don't know what I enjoy about life anymore. There's really not much. It, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. Actually, I had one friend I was sharing this with my class yesterday that shared with me, you know, um, I just turned 42 and it's a slow, slippery slope to the grave from here. I mean, oh. that was the most, the saddest conversation I've ever had, but I totally get it. That's how sometimes we can get to that place. But the saddest reality is that she didn't do anything about it. She just stayed in that place. And honestly, I don't even want to tell you this, but she ended up dying three years later of cancer, like wife, mother, three kids, like the whole nine yards. So if you're in a position of not having a vision for yourself, do not take that lightly. Like you don't have, you don't have a faithful, you know, future. You're not excited about what God has got in store for you. And you're eagerly and faithfully moving toward that. Do not dismiss that. Do something about it. So anyway, we help figure out what the passion is because it's not something that I feel like is a luxury. It's, it's the lifeblood in, in our world. It's where all the seed of all innovation and creativity come from problem solving without passion. We would not advance in this world. And then finally we, and then there really is the portion that you have to figure out what you believe. And I don't necessarily, I'm not here to have a spiritual debate about that. I'm talking about the way the world works and the, what your part in it is. So those four components, if you will, are the gateway to being able to unlock your vision, which is inside of you. So that's what I would say is that if you're really looking to find that vision, and again, if you don't have one, I, you know, the scriptures are clear without vision, people perish, you know, you're going to feel that way. You're going to feel lost. Some people describe it as lost. Some people describe it as depressed, but you know, we are called to use what we've been given to make more of it. And if you don't know how to do that, then you need to definitely get some help. So Vision's not an option in my world either. The day I stop having a vision is the day I'm, well, I'm going to start calling for help a lot sooner than that happens ever again. That's for sure. So, and I've got some great people in my life to do, help me with that too.
So anyway, that's my, that's my feelings on vision and my, my convictions on vision. And like I said, it's not an option. You got to have it. That is so, so good. And I do believe, um, and you know, to you, Julie, and to all of you out there, like God does want you for a purpose. Yes. He, 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 she, your beliefs. I know what mine are. Y'all know what mine are. Like you have a purpose on this planet and it's not people pleasing and it's not everything out there. It's not the cars and the houses and all that stuff. It comes from the inside and it, it's all about how we can serve people, other people. And we can serve through our weaknesses and we can serve from our messy because we just sat here and had a pretty messy conversation. And I really believe that, that like our spark and our authenticity can really glow when we allow ourselves to be fed from above. And that's where we're going in this world. Thank you so much, Julie. Um, anything else? I would just say that this is my, the tagline that we use all the time. We say it a lot, but the world needs what you have. So to echo what you were just saying, Chris, I just want to know, you know, let all your listeners know, whoever you are, whatever you're thinking, the world needs what you have. So you owe it to yourself to figure that out and you owe it to the world to deliver it. And it brings so much joy and fulfillment to your life. Yeah. And where can we find you? Okay. You can, you can either find me on Facebook, of course, live your vision. Facebook page or Julie Landy Facebook page, whichever. You can also find my website. It's liveyourvision.us, like zoom.us. It's liveyourvision.us, like the United States. And, um, or reach out to me any of those ways. Private message me. I'm I'm a Facebook fan. So you'll find me there. And I'll put all of her stuff in, in, uh, in the show notes. So thank you so much for being with us today, Julie. This has been amazing. I really appreciate your time and energy and I just love you. So thank you. Love you too. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you're loving on my podcast, then go ahead and like and subscribe and hit the notifications and the bells and whistles on your phone so that you know when I'm around. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Facebook all the time. If you are interested in working with me, I offer a free explore call. It's 30 minutes. And if there's places in your health that seem stuck or you're looking for different answers, if there's places in your faith or other parts of your mental and emotional life that just don't seem like they're getting ahead, if you're unhappy in some places of your world, let's see how we can work together. And that's what this Explore Call will do. I'm here to help you figure out how to make your best self and how to mash up again, like creating better health and faith and life and work and getting it all put together, even though we still don't have it all figured out, right? So I'd love to hear from you. My The link to my schedule is right below. You can always find it on my website, RestoreU, R-E-S-T-O-R-Y-O-U. That's R-E-S-T-O-R-Y-O-U, RestoreU.com. Talk to you soon. Take care.